Feel Good Friday on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We're going to keep this hour vibes, vibes, vibes. Taking your calls later at 730 at 416-870-0591, 888-666-0590, or star 590 on your Roger cell phone. We want to hear from you. We'll be doing this all playoffs long. We need oh, to hear the passion. We want, yes. Passion. I want to hear the passion through your speakers this both, morning. Both ways you spell it, too, whether you're leaning into Luke's Shens. Yeah, you like that, blue. eh? N- not just bleeding, just bleeding blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, eat both sides of the passion. I want to hear it this morning. And no better guy to bring that passion than Sam McKee, producer of Real Kipper and Born a Coast of Leaf Socks. Sammy! <laughs> it's pretty good, eh? Man, I tell you, I practiced that in the mirror. Before he I had feel John. like you and Kipper are like related somehow. Me and like Kipper? just like a the bloodline. If you do do ancestry.ca Probably. or something, you both have the same Sammy, and you have yep. this like got a got a vibe check between yeah, the, the two of us. Vibe, yeah, how's it going, Sam? Called me the other day to do this. I there was part of me that was like, oh boy, seven o'clock after game mm. two. Mm-hmm. This 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 radio interview could have gone a lot different. Oh, yeah, I it wish. Been dark. I kind of wonder what it would have been, sure. been like Wednesday morning at seven a.m. Like, would you have just blown us off and said, "I can't do it this morning"? No, the I trauma. Would that. I, I would never do that as a producer. I would. <laughs> yeah, never you're do right. That to a fellow producer, I know the feeling of that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, last night was important for every single person in the world who <laughs> has anything to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. You work for the Leafs. You love the Leafs. You talk about the Leafs. You do anything that's close to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Last night was an incredibly important performance. Okay, so it was different. Uh, why was it different? Well, playing against the Syracuse Crunch decor probably helps. <laughs> um, I they were depleted back there, and I, it showed. I thought the Leafs did an excellent job of taking advantage of a depleted decor in terms of just how aggressive they were on the forecheck, like. They came out shot out of a cannon, which is Mm. what you thought might have happened in the first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is a pretty big one. But they didn't do that, obviously, game one. But last night, I just thought their puck pursuit, they were moving their feet. Everything that they were doing last night was really, really, really stifling. And the decor that the Tampa Bay Lightning put out there last night, they just couldn't handle it. They couldn't break the puck out the whole night. It just felt like they were turning the puck over. Like You think about the first power play that they get. It comes off a immediate turnover by Ian Cole. He gets tripped, uh, Marner, and Marner scores in the power play, and they just roll from there. So, uh, yeah, I thought the number one difference was a decor that looked very shaky in a Leafs team that was forechecking really hard. How about the start? I mean, playing ahead certainly makes a big difference. Getting that goal, like, right in the first minute of the game, having it be Mitch Marner, having the crowd back in it. Like, I think that that is the recipe for success. Yeah, shocking. Get the first goal of the game. But just look at how different the first period ended up being for both teams. Very similar score, very similar uh, way of going into your dressing room. But, like, just getting on the scoreboard first, building that momentum. I feel like the Maple Leafs really, like, lean into confidence, and they build that Maybe better than any other team if they get out ahead. No, it's it, you're 100 percent right, Alish. It's a they're a bit of a front running team when they mm-hmm. kind of get you know to to steal a talk a soccer term when they get their tails up when they start uh, they start feeling that 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 really like bunker would you know like you're like your sweet dog bunker <gasps> would. Bunker. Uh, yeah, you get the tail up. They get feeling good. They're rolling. Like 
I, you know, I mentioned about how important it was for everybody involved with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was big for the people in the building last night mm-hmm. for them to get that early one, you know, get everybody feeling good, being like, okay, this is a series. It's not going to go down 2-0 at home. We're not talking about brooms. This is going to be a close oh. series. Like it was a really, really, you know, just that start. It just, I, I can't help but think about what the hell happened on Tuesday. Like, I know it was such an incredible win and it was so exciting and I don't want to be negative because, you know, I'll leave that to Kipper for whatever he has to say today. But I just, I had, I, I couldn't believe how much different they looked last yesterday than what they looked like on my, on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens going down to Tampa. I don't think it's the worst building for the least to go into, but yeah, it was an incredible night last it's night. The Babcockism of start on time, you know, yes. it makes a big difference. It's it a simple does. thing, but it makes a big difference. Okay. Before we get into all the individual performances mm-hmm. the you mentioned the crowd, you also mentioned on Leaf Talk last night, and I'm in agreement that the little bit of the Corey Perry is going to come back and scare you in the end. I felt that way too, and I was brave to say that on the radio because people are like, well, you want Scotch Bank Arena to be loud? I'm like, I do, but I also don't want you to look back on this when Corey Perry scores some sort of OT winner. and ah, Right? It's a bit unsettling. So, okay. He scares me a bit. So Corey Perry is... At the number one guy in the league that I wish was a Leaf. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Justin agrees. If, he loves him. I don't know if there I do is, love Corey Perry. He is. I don't know if there's a guy in the league that would be beloved more as a Leaf. Maybe Marshawned. Like maybe Tom Wilson. Yeah, Tom outside Wilson. Of the, outside of those guy. two, outside of those two guys, I don't know who would be a bigger fan favorite than than Perry. And you pair that with the fact that he wanted to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, mm-hmm. which Kipper said multiple times that he was really, really interested in being a Leaf. They chose Wayne Simmons. We don't need to go down that road. I just thought that he kind of got a little bit of a win last night. Yeah. He scores that goal, which was a beautiful goal. Like you forget that this guy was an MVP, 50 goal scorer. The hands are just lovely. Slides underneath Samsonov, <laughs> who's you know sliding out of control. Then he beats the crap out of Justin Hall. Then he goes to the box. He's screaming. The whole crowd's chanting his name. That is that actually might be the Corey Perry hat trick. Yeah. You know, no more like Corey. I, I, you no, know, the Corey Perry hat trick. Score a nice goal, beat the crap out of somebody, have the whole crowd chanting your name because they hate you so much. Maybe that. But I I was a little bit I ju- he's not we're not done hearing from him. So mm-hmm. I didn't love the crowd acting like that a little bit. I loved how greased up the crowd was. Oh yeah. And like that guy who was What about yellow hoodie guy? Yeah, whoa, like I, man, I was having flashbacks to when that guy in Philly fell into the box with, mm-hmm. with uh, oh, watch the lawsuit, Ty. <laughs> and he was like, fell into the box. And he was trying to fight Ty Domi. And then didn't they like, didn't they get in touch with that guy, somebody? And he wouldn't, he wouldn't like apologize or they were trying to, I forget what they were doing. Maybe well, they were trying to you know, sue. yellow hoodie guy is going to be like, co-hosting a radio show sometime in the city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, that is an excellent joke, Ailish. That's very funny. Hey, and uh, yeah, he, guess what? I love the guy. He had, had probably had seven to eight Miller lights. Uh, oh, he, was pump, he was pumping his chest at maybe the toughest guy in the league. Full, full credit to him. He's just really that happy. Glass a had glass had fallen yeah. down. Tanner yeah. <laughs> Janot yeah. and Co. Yeah. Was he hanging off the glass though? Like, uh, can you not like yell from outside the glass at a player I, and not get kicked out of a hockey something game? Something must have happened. That's what I. That's what I thought, Justin. I was confused because I was like, are they just pissed off because he's yelling? Like, I don't think feel like we got a camera view of what actually happened. Oh, we gotta get him on time, the show. 
because the time, I mean, that's what, if there's anybody in the city of Toronto that could get that guy on the radio show, it's your producer, Danielle. Right. So put, we'll that, put that to him. We are um, taking calls. So if you are listening, oh, yeah, yellow, uh, you can yellow call hoodie us guy. next, next Boy, uh, I got to tell you, yellow hoodie guy, he ain't up at 712. <laughs> He's waking up at 912 with his eyes crusted <laughs> over me. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just, yeah, like, I think, because when the camera flipped over there, he was like, there was already, it seemed to be some sort of commotion. The ref was kind of in there and it was a little bit, so I'm not sure what happened. I bet you just put his arm over or something dumb. Like it's yeah. nice to have, honestly, the Scotiabank arena crowd mm-hmm. acting dumb. Like that never happens. <laughs> True. Like you, you see that happen in tons of other buildings and you see, you think of Boston, you think of Philly, you think of all these other places where the crowd's full of a-holes. It's nice to see the, the, the Leaf fans act mm-hmm. like that for a while. Emotion. It's, it's, a, it's a nice change. No, it was good. Uh, the crowd was definitely in it. They were treated after getting severely mistreated uh, in game one. Uh, yes. Yesterday, I made the mistake of saying, oh, John Tavares is not a Hall of Famer. No chance. Can't win one he playoff was, round. He was you listening. Did. And then John, John Tavares goes out and scores a hat trick uh, last night. Um, his One of his finest performances in a blue and white sweater. What was the difference for him? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I you know, it's, it's hard to not get, you know, you know, get into the narratives, but like, it just felt like he responded. It felt like the whole core responded, right? Like they got embarrassed in game one and they came out and they're like, that ain't going to happen again. And for John Tavares to score two even strength goals in a game, when's the last time that happened? I, 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 he barely was scoring even strength at all this year. And for him to go out there and get a couple big ones. And honestly, guys, the most important goal of the game was his Tampa makes it three, one in the second Mm -hmm. period. The game has shifted. They have a couple shifts after they score that 3-1 goal where it's down in the leaf zone. They're zipping them past the net. It's hitting the end boards. Samsonov's looking like he's kind of swimming around. He's starting to get a little bit shaky. And Morgan Riley goes down, makes a great play to um, to Willie Nylander. Willie Nylander, Nylander uh, gets it on net. And here comes John Tavares, head down, straight to the net, puts it upstairs, and that kind of sealed the game. That was such a massive goal. So not only did he score, uh, I know his 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 uh, hat trick goal was not the most important one of the uh, of the game, but him scoring two big ones early in the game, you just you see what it meant to him. You see what it meant to him, guys. Like he was so fired up about it, and I I think it's just the emotion of it and the response is the difference. I I don't know. Like I liked him playing at center. Maybe that's the difference. I hate him on the wing with those two guys. I don't think him and Ryan O'Reilly are a good mix. So maybe him being at center is a big difference, but it just felt like it was a guy that was ready to respond. That's a tough bounce to say he's not a Hall of Famer than him go out and have a hat trick in the game too. That's I love that. Hey, I, I will, I will step help, on the eh? landmine every single night yeah. if, it, if it makes Listen. sure we're talking about something different. <laughs> I, I've always, I've always said that I much prefer the local team to win than be right. That's one of my mm. statements in life, and uh, I would take that for sure. I'll give you my answer to the, the question that I gave you. Uh, seven minutes, 25 seconds of overlap with Morgan Riley, who happened to have maybe his best game of the entire season last night. And I think one tactical switch, if you want to look at Sheldon Keefe and what he did right, he basically weaponized the guys who are kind of maligned, the guys who have been kind of not all that great in all situations this year, who make a lot of money, who are Morgan Riley and John Tavares. I mean, we're talking about, yeah, you need to get John Tavares a winger. Who's he going to play with? Oh, he's playing with Kerfoot and Nylander again. How do we get back to this point where the thing that didn't work last year is now our solution this year? We'll give him a third winger. Give him Morgan Riley, who was unbelievable last night. So yeah. just your thoughts on that combination, but more specifically how Morgan Riley got the best out of himself last night. 
Yeah, well, I know if you listen to Real Kipper and Born Recall, uh, we call Kerfoot uh, Flex Seal. Yes, just like you just it's my favorite. Him, you just slap them in there wherever you need a little bit of help. You just slap I mean, them in Flex there. Flex Seal is actually does, pretty incredible when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, he does a marginal <laughs> job. Uh, whatever you need him to do, it's not the perfect solution, but it does a marginal job. Yeah, no, I, I loved Morgan Riley last night and talked about this a little bit on Leafs Talk last night, but. It's a it's a reminder and it's a lesson that when you know we go through the doldrums of the regular season and we have these sweeping conversations about Morgan Riley's contributions to the Leafs and is his contract bad and all this stuff, mm-hmm. he's a really good playoff player. And I know the Leafs have had bad outings and they haven't made it to the second round, which we all know we don't need to get into that. But when they've been playing in the playoffs, Morgan Riley has been one of their better players every time. And it just continued last night. Everyone stunk game one. You can wash that away. But in their biggest game of the season to date where they needed a win, Morgan Riley, like you said, Justin, was unbelievable. The decision-making, the, you know, when to go, when to stay back, the passing, the, he's not doing the thing where he overthinks and dusts it off at the top. Like he's really, he's, he's just decisive and that's what you need from him. So it was awesome to see him have that performance last night and really get him going. Yeah, and Justin mentioned that there's a lot of overlap between those two on the ice, and a lot of credit goes to uh, to Sheldon Key for Absolutely. configuring and uh, tinkering in the right way because he can be Tommy Tinker, but uh, he did it in the right way. Tinkerbell. Yeah, Tinkerbell, oh, even better. Um, but I think a lot of credit goes to him just in terms of his rebound as a coach as well, but having a little bit more patience and um, calm on the bench as well. I think the team takes a lot from that, but just cool. Sheldon keeps rebound in general and like what you liked from that. He had one moment where I was like, whoa, Sheldon, Tinkerbell, <laughs> relax, buddy. When after they, they absolutely caved in Tampa mm. for that stretch of hockey at the start of the first period, uh, the start of the second period, where I don't know if they've had a more dominant 10-minute stretch of hockey all season than they did in that first start of that period. And Vasilevsky was scary. Yep. He looked like the guy that was going to be like, all right, so no more goals go in the net. And they were absolutely dominant. And then after a two and a half minute shift for Ian Cole, he the puck lands on his stick in the slot and he goes in, makes a great backhand move and makes it 3-1. And then Sheldon immediately tinkers. He puts uh he put Tavares, he put out O'Reilly, and he put out uh Nylander, which is not a good mix. You just I don't like uh Tavares and O'Reilly on the same line. They're both natural centers, or neither of them are fleet of foot. I don't think it works. And it was like, did you not just watch? your team absolutely dominate the the period before that. Like it feels like once in a while, he'll get a little bit squirrely and he's like, I got to do something to, you know, wake them up. But I just uh, overall much better game from him. But that was one thing that I noticed that I absolutely hated from him. But no, I, uh, I think it's going to be a, it's a big matchup for him to go up against, uh, to go up against John Cooper. So, uh, you know, Sheldon Keefe had his moments last night, but overall, I think he did a really good job uh, pregame putting together the lines that he did. Yeah, that's my general thought right now on Sheldon Keefe. Like, he just does too much in times of desperation. Uh, And I get uh, not even times of desperation when he has time to think about something. And he's been thinking about the Tampa Bay Lightning for what, four months? And he comes (laughs) in in game one. He's got all the a million things that we have to do. And it just like completely jams you up. And yesterday he just made some changes because he had to and opened the door. 
And when you just open the door for a team as talented as, as the Leafs are against a team that is beat up as they are, the Lightning, on their blue line, like, I think you're going to have pretty good things happen. And that's exactly what happened in the second period. And maybe for a minute got tripped up. Well, uh, go ahead. There, there, no, there's just no matchup that you are afraid of with the Leafs. Like You shouldn't be. The Leafs, all four of your lines can play against all four of their lines. Like, you may get hemmed in here and there. Like, that's just hockey. But it's not like any of your lines are going to be so far out of their depth that they can't handle it. Like some of the hard matching stuff. I'm like, God, it's, I, I get it. Like you got to, you know, impose yourself on the game. You got to figure out a way to, to, you know, limit and have the same guys playing against each other. But some of that stuff, like in game one, when he pulled them off the ice after what, 10 seconds, it's like, Oh my God, we're not doing this. So I agree with you on, on the overthink stuff. Justin. Great text in from the text line right now. Five ninety five ninety. Love the text line. Tinker shell. Tinker Shell. Wow. <laughs> wow. You, That's I'm, pretty good. Credits That's didn't put good. their name, no, why but not? you can have I hate it. when people not put their Well, they'll name, respond they'll back and give them some it. credit. And you that. can use it on Real Cup and Born. Tinker Shell. Yeah, I will. That's very good. Yeah, I mean, it just it just feels like Sheldon gets, like, he has to respond. You don't have to respond when something happens. Just trust what you have. Uh, and I guess the one thing that is, I guess, still a question would be Ilya Samsonov because, you know, one and seven as a starter coming to this game, he gets the win. Very, very important. Was it the most stressful outing? Was it brilliant by his standard? No, I don't think so. He looked confident early, which is very, very important. He was able to make saves in low-key situation in the second and third periods. You know, I think he gave back a lot of the equity he gained over the course of the regular season, maybe all of it, to be honest, with his starting game one. So Mm -hmm. how much did he gain back after game two? I I thought, you know, two go in the net, uh, you win, that's fine. Like, I don't want to overthink it. I thought he made early in the game, there was a power play when the Leafs were up one nothing, and he made a couple excellent saves on that. That really felt like it got the confidence of everybody in the building, including the Leafs. Like, I think it was Braden Point. There's a puck goes into the slot, and he comes across, makes a big blocker save where it just looked like it was going in, and he made a really nice one, so it got everyone's confidence. I don't want to talk about the goalie too much because I feel like it's just like, just make the saves. I I've spent so much time over the past two years talking about goaltending and goaltending is my least favorite thing in the world. Like I, if I could just, if every team could have like a generic goalie, that would be my dream hockey where it's just like, they all give you like a a standard number and you don't have to overthink about it because it's just a terrifying thing to me, but he was fine going into game three, feeling better than I did about him in game one, but still have the thoughts of game one in the back of my mind. How's that for an answer? I, oh, I love the idea. Like, instead of, like, goals saved above average, you just have the average. Have like, average. It's, it's just, yeah, like, just, like, robotic average. goaltending. Yeah. Where the Robot, true, yeah. true representation Chat, of who should win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sammy, how about Matthew Nyes? He looked like he was pretty confident, uh, set alongside the guy that's the leafiest leaf of all the leafs, as Justin likes to put it, Ryan O'Reilly. But he just looked like he was comfortable. He obviously made a couple mistakes. He got a couple eh, moments in the penalty box. But a guy that fits in this playoff and then he had a big moment and he he did pretty well i thought the first call on him was a little questionable well, yeah, maybe. come on <laughs> a little maybe questionable <laughs> but um yeah i was really impressed and i can tell you there's somebody in toronto who didn't enjoy that performance and his name is michael bunting yeah um that was an it's incredible too bad, man. <laughs> that was an inc- like you know it's your first ever playoff mm-hmm. game it's just how much he looks like he belongs. Like I, it's just, he feels like he, he feels like he thinks he's one of the best guys on the team. Like right away. It just, you see his confidence. You see the way he acts, the way he carries himself. Like that may, that play he made to the net where Perbix is on his back mm. and he just, 
barbecues him with that pivot and takes it straight to the front of the net. And if he cuts it to the backhand, by the way, he's got a tap <laughs> in. But he just shoots it right into the – but, like, keep power move to the front of the net. Just confidence. Don't love him in his own zone, I will say. I, I feel like there's times where the puck goes into his own zone and he looks a little bit like... Oh, he's probably not used I'm to not, land down there, just straight uh, offense in college. Yeah, he's, Good yeah, point. He's like, I, he's like, I played he's 60 minutes a game in the other team's yeah. zone, but no, you're right. I There's moments where he looks a little bit overmatched in his own in his own end, but guess what? There's tons of guys like that in the NHL. So um, I was just honestly floored by how good and how confident and how much he looked like he belonged. Yeah, and uh, he's got a guy who's a rock in Ryan O'Reilly, who's just yes. the most consistent that player that I think the Leafs have ever seen. Like, I think every shift looked exactly the same. Like, he's just good every shift and in the right spot at all times. We have to get to one negative before we let you go. Mm. Uh, and I don't even know if you think it's a negative, but Justin Hall's on-ice goal differential total situation right now is uh, 0-7. Uh, Mark Giordano, 5-1, and I believe, or 1-5. and uh, in terms of what they're giving up with those two on the ice, that pairing is definitely going through it a little bit. Uh, Mark Giordano didn't wait to have his J- Jason Spezza moment. Got it, got it out of the way early on. This is my statement as as the, as a gray beard. But these guys look a little overmatched in this series. Um, any concern about them? Any need yes. to go to Liljegren? How do you think Justin Hall and Mark Giordano are faring and will fare as this series continues? I'm. I would say that I. Th- think it's more geo than it is hall and i know the people listening probably just want to drive their car and in, into my place and punch me in the face because i've never seen the vitriol towards someone like it is towards justin hall justin hall is in the crosshairs of the i think he got booed garden. a little bit when they he's, announced he's, his name they did like it's did. crazy Big time yeah he, he is in the crosshairs of the jake gardner memorial award here the larry murphy the whoever you want to be it, he is the number one whipping boy in this city and is he a uh, enjoyable guy to watch hockey at times? Absolutely not. But I, I really do think that a lot of the issues on that pairing are from Mark Giordano. And I don't want to say it because, God, I love the guy. And I love what he represents and what he's given them this year for 800000 bucks and at his age. But, yeah, like, he, he's he, – how many times he iced a puck through the first two games? It feels like it's it's been infinite. It feels like it's done it 100 times already. I don't know what you do because I don't think in Sheldon Keefe would take him out. I, I really don't. So maybe you try him with Lilligren. You get you sit so you sit Hall down. But I think that you've heard all year Sheldon Keefe the way he talks about Giordano, like he reveres the guy. Mm. He loves the guy, and I just find it really hard to believe that he would take him out. So if it comes down to it, I bet it's going to be Hall that comes out for Lilligren. I really do, but I don't know if that's actually merited. I don't know what you guys st- where you guys stand on it, but I, I have a hard time thinking that Keith would ever take out Giordano in Game Three of a playoff series. Yeah, I think Giordano looks less capable, and Hall looks more mistake prone. And mm. I don't know which, which one, one you, you feel want? is you know, or either of them are worth actually acting on. I think you don't mess up. You know, you don't mess with a good thing right now. I, I think change, the same lineup should be Game lineup. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just in general, I don't think Sheldon should be like overreacting to anything. So I think they should just be steady with this. Uh, but it's definitely something to watch because these guys have been struggling. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's the, which, which one to, to blame more on that, but it really feels like they're helping each other out in the worst kind of way. 
Well, we have Scott from Waterloo was Tinker Shell. He did respond in, so good job. Credit Scott. to Scott. Really well done. There he's, we go. Really well done. He's fired up this morning. Um, Sammy, appreciate you joining us this morning. Sammy, we'll listen My to Real pleasure. Kipper and Born later. Oh, an absolute and, must listen. Oh, Kipper be and Born today. And and guess what? Uh, I, I'm going to do the thing that uh, people do when they go off the radio, and they don't actually mean it. But I'm going to say it anyway. Anytime, guys. Oh yeah. Well, it's uh, on record now. So anytime, it's uh, we've clipped that, and we'll use that whenever we want you. All well, right, my thanks, pleasure, Sam. Guys. Thanks. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, that's uh, Sammy McKee, producer, of Real Kipper and Born, host of Least Talk, which you can check out and F post game of all Leafs games. It's great. It's the three of them uh, during the playoffs: uh, Borny and JD and Sam McKee giving us a breakdown. You can catch that on the podcast. And as we mentioned, we're doing a little feel-good Friday vibe. Um, after the break, we're going to take your calls. You can get in the queue at 416-870-0590, or star 590 on your Roger cell phone. We're going to be doing this all series long. We'd love to hear from our loyal listeners. Uh, we heard from you pre- pre-game on Tuesday and post-game on Wednesday, and the vibes went significantly downwards. So let's bring them back up today on a little feel-good Friday. We'll get your thoughts. We'll get your takeaways before we go to game three on Saturday in Tampa. Um, but let's do something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. All right. So we didn't get a chance to play this in the first block, but um, it is a coaching head-to-head as well. Um, this game is also one off the ice in terms of the mental games that can be played. John Cooper is someone that is very aware of his podium presence. A master. Even. He is a master. He could write a book on how to be a podium king. I wonder how that will sell. Not well. Podium tricks. John Cooper post-game, obviously he isn't the type to like blow up at times, he's very, like, stoic but smart about his responses, always, right? There's always intent, though. Yes. So he was asked about, um, by the Toronto media, I believe, like, you know, what it was, how hard it was playing against Ryan O'Reilly in the third line and the way that Sheldon Keefe it tinkered. Was, it was our guy, Luke Fox. Okay. No problem with that. I didn't know for sure. I yeah, can't tell by his question. voice. Luke yeah, Fox. No, it was a great voice. Uh, I mean, great question. But that is his voice? Okay, great. Confirm. Um, here is John Cooper's answer to the question from our very own Luke Fox about Ryan O'Reilly bolstering the top three lines. John, the challenge for you, how does it change when Toronto goes three centers deep and has O'Reilly in the 3C spot? How does that change? So how many centers deep are we? Let me ask you that. You're saying last game they... they give me give me points, Sorelli and Paul, all day against anybody in the league. Then he stands up and walks off the screen. Oh, did Just he? for dramatic effect. A little sassy, but a lot of confidence from John Cooper. And and this is what I would love to see from Sheldon Keefe. Mm-hmm. This is the because what did we see? What did we see in game one? We saw oh I don't know if Samsonov's going to be in. Like paraphrasing, it's too but early like, to say if Samsonov is going to start game yeah. two over Joseph Wall. John Cooper. John Cooper is the longest serving head coach in the NHL and a two time Stanley Cup winner and a three four times Stanley Cup finalist or four yeah Something going like to the Stanley that. Cup final four times because he still has his room and how do you have your room? How do you? Preserve your room over years and years and years because it's hard for relationships to last in the NHL or at least when coaches and players go at it constantly because you stand up for your guys. He stood up for his guys. This is just another example of him doing it and showing confidence in your guys means something. It's it's that's a big di- like I don't know if this is like a coaching head to head. This is just one using the media to help his team as opposed to Keith, who we worried hurt his team 
with his remarks in the I media. I think it's a coaching head-to-head. Keefe lost the coaching battle last year, and they lost the series. Yeah, it's not well, because it's, of yeah, that. There, there's definitely coaching head-to-head, but did like he did he get back to at Keefe with a oh, great no, comment no, no. on no? Like he I lost he, just, he lost the coaching battle last night, mm-hmm. but within his room, he pandered to the right people. Like you feel good if you're Nick Paul because your guy stood up for you. And that's why he's still coaching this team. All right. Let's get your thoughts. It's Feel Good Friday. Leafs hotline is going to be open. Two games in the books. We're back. It's just a tied-up series. You're headed on the road to Tampa for two games uh, starting Saturday. That'll be tomorrow night, 7 p.m., and then Monday night at 7.30. Maple Leafs, two on the road before they come back. Want to know how you're feeling this morning. Uh, after we talked on Wednesday, the vibes were low. We tried to find a way to boost ourselves up. Well, that's what today's all about. You can come on. You can gloat about all your takes that aged well. We're back in it. Biggest takeaways from last night. Call us now at 416-870-0590. 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in the queue now. We'll take your calls after the break. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Woo, it's Feel Good Friday on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, the fan. We're taking your calls like we're going to do all playoffs long. Hopefully a long, long time of chatting with our loyal listeners. You can get in the queue at 416-870-0590 or one 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Lots to go through after a big win last night for the Maple Leafs. Tied the series up 1-1 in dominant fashion. You want to talk Johnny T hat trick, Samson off bounce back, yellow sweater guy. If you're listening, you better call in. We need to know all about the ruckus you are causing by the penalty box. But Or if you just know yellow sweater guy, what's the vibe? What's, with the, we need what's some the vibe investigative with yellow journalism guy? this morning. Who is yellow sweater guy and what happened? Um, we got answers maybe from some of our loyal listeners. One that texts in every single morning before we even get on the air. It's our buddy Giacomo in Windsor. Buddy, how are you this morning? I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm driving. Can you hear me good? Oh, we can hear you just loud and clear. How's the vibe this morning? Good. I thought, I think this team's too good to not respond this way, especially after getting blown out in game one. I think it was a good thing they got blown out in game one. They could just kind of flush it down the toilet and send it on its way instead of, like, maybe getting beaten overtime. But I'm feeling pretty good. I was a little bit worried about Samsonov. I mean, I think everybody kind of was, but I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I think you have reason to feel good. I mean, uh, there's the blueprint, right? You just follow the blueprint. You have it. You saw it. You know what what can be done, what you can you do. You're going to get more of a pushback, certainly, um, in the next games and in Tampa Bay. Uh, but I think you nailed it with Samsonov. It's, it's the one thing that we're just not so sure about, right? Because it hasn't been very good in, over the course of his career. And it was brutal in game one. And he wasn't exactly tested the way other goaltenders have been at least in game two. So he still has a little to prove, but I think in terms of like doing it, seeing it, feeling it, repeatable action, everything from the forward group couldn't be repeatable. And we should see that again. Yeah. That's our buddy Giacomo. Thanks for calling in and thanks for being a loyal listener every morning. Um, I loved the take and I wanted to make sure that it 
hit was maybe you lose in just embarrassing fashion on Tuesday and you could just flush it and come back. And it's kind of what happened because remember when we saw Edmonton lose in that kind of embarrassing fashion in game one and went to like they lost, like they had the lead and they lose and maybe you thought, ah, oh, do you have the fire? Well, they, they brought it game two, but the Leafs certainly did that regardless of how they lost game one. And now it's kind of a even blank slate going down to Tampa. Um, see how everyone responds and what kind of real hockey we're going to see, right? We haven't really seen what the series is going to be. It can't be 7-2 and 7-3 and 7-2 every single game, right? Things are going to level out a bit. Maybe everybody got the muck out of the way early. Yeah, like a competitive third period would be cool. We'll get it eventually. Yeah, like a tight game. Mm -hmm. Like when you, like you got to grind in a 40-minute performance. And ultimately, like we can spin it any way we want, but like, okay, so how, how do you want to lose? How do you want to win? Would you feel even better about this team if it was like best effort, Tampa, mm. gritty, third question period, tied, Samsonov making big saves, Leafs pushing, Lightning pushing, and you emerge victorious? Maybe. Uh, last night felt pretty good, though. All right. We're taking your calls now at 416-870-0590 or one 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. It's Feel Good Friday. I'm sure your vibes are much, much higher than when we talked to you on Wednesday. Uh, we're taking your calls in the queue. You can call in right now, and we'll get to as many as we can. Let's go to Alan in Toronto. Alan, how are you feeling this morning? Great. Uh, Leafs were, uh, they were off on the right foot, and they they got the adrenaline going with that early glow. The, the crowd was in a frenzy at a fever pitch the whole night, and um, Tampa Bay apparently just they left their skates at home. They they uh, <laughs> they didn't want to skate last night. And uh, I said at the outset, the Leafs were the hungrier team. They're they're a team on a mission, and uh, they're more exuberant. Tampa That's Bay funny. is more sedate. It's, Tampa Bay is more sedate because they've been through it all the last three years, and uh, it's starting to take its toll on them. And uh, the, the Lightning Express is now off on a siding, a temporary siding anyway. Maybe the hometown crowd will get them going at the Mali Arena the next two nights. Uh, but it's, it's it's going to be very, very interesting. The, uh, the next two games, uh, I'm just fastening my seatbelt and enjoying the ride. But don't forget, there's no certainty with any uh, with any sport. The only certainty is uncertainty. And uh, I'm just... Uh, I'm very excited right now, but I'm not on cloud nine. Not mm-hmm. yet, anyway. It's, uh, I have to wait to see what happens the next two games. But uh, like I said, it's going to be very interesting. Well, Alan, appreciate you calling in. Uh, some, some great perspective there. It's you know, it's uh, not over till it's over. It's a seven-game series, and who knows who brings the momentum going back because the Maple Leafs were able to flush that game and bounce back. Maybe Tampa takes the same approach. Says, well, that sucked. Let's go back to our barn, our home ice, and we have game three advantage. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know who has the advantage going into Saturday night. It kind of feels like we're back to, to stage one. Well, yeah, home ice, but also Tampa, wounded animal, right? What do you what do you got to do when the animal's wounded? Uh, well, we don't have to get that dark, but if they are a wounded animal, it's time to jump on them. And I said game two was the key to this, the series because either A, you're trying to follow up a win with another, or you are desperation mode trying to just keep yourself in the series. Now game two is game three. It's following up a win with mm-hmm. a win, something the Leafs have not been able to do. It should be same intensity. It should be same um, level of dedication to doing what needs to be done, taking advantage of the fact that the Lightning are beat up, mm-hmm. especially in the back end. Yeah, that decor does not look scary. And as uh, our buddy Sam put it, with the Syracuse crunch or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not scary to play against. Okay, we've got Ryan in Oakville who has a parallel to the Raptors. Ooh, didn't think we'd be talking about them, but maybe it's a good thing. Ryan, how's it going? 
Good, good. How are you guys? Oh, we're fired up. It's Feel Good Friday. I'm fired up too. And you know what? It, it made me it made me reflect back on a Raptors series because you know they have a game one, and if they're not playing at home, they're on the road, and they get beat up and blown out. It's a tough game, right? And it just made me think of someone like Kawhi or Larry, just saying, you know what? We gotta get after the next one. We gotta play better, and we gotta we gotta win the next game. And I think that's what the Leafs did last night. They knew they got blown out, you know, 7-3 in game one. It was a really rough one. And they got booed pretty much every period. So they had to come back and, and do something different. And, and they played better. Every single line played well. And it was, it was a very clear, um, you know, winnable game. And they won. They won in clear fashion. Uh, appreciate the call, Ryan. Yeah, huge juxt- juxtaposition when you're looking at end game. Yeah, they gave up goals in the final five seconds of each period of the first and second Ugh. periods in game one, but it was booing and it was standing ovations after the first and second period and justifiably so. Again, I'm not condoning yellow sweater. Don't know exactly what happened, but if he's just yelling, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but again, the fan, the fans uh, have absolutely done their job. They have expressed their opinion in the exact right way and they stepped up in game one letting the team know they stepped up in game two encouraging they did their job once again we do have a text in the text line and i i don't know how much to take from this so yellow sweater guy is my powerlifting coach careful he can clean and press maroon and perry okay i'm we'll, just we'll saying file, we'll file I'm that away. It. i don't know this is dan from the bridge this could be true this could be false but if you have the connection to your powerlifting coach let's get him on the show dan We'll do this again. I mean, the the invitation's out there. Give us a call. Give us a call at 416-870-0590 or 1-888-666-0590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. We're taking calls until the end of this block. So get in the queue and we'll get to as many as we can. Let's go to John in Toronto. How are you feeling, John? Hi, great. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. No complaints this morning. What did you like from the game last night? Yeah, um, it was a really good game. I don't think uh, Vasilevsky was uh, 100% on his game, that Marner shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think kind of squeaked through, but I loved Marner's reaction where it wasn't the, like, lit up eyes and, like, we're happy, we scored. It was like, let's go, we need more. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the game, as it got worse, uh, I noticed the, the Tampa demeanor when they were getting beat up was, like, they're just taking it, they know... They've been there before. They know the game's done. Don't lose control. And uh, I've been listening since about uh, 5 in the morning, and nobody's mentioned how Kucherov, I don't think, mm-hmm. slashing the stick, getting the pulse. And He's a bit of a rat, like, eh? Uh, well, and then the linesmen jump in, and they're, like, protecting him. So, like, he gets his shot. They've finally noticed. And then the linesman steps in. It's like, why not just? let him get a face wash or something like that. Like, if you're going to call a penalty, call the penalty. But if you're going to let him get the hack, then let him get the the payback for it. Like, yeah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, does a heart trophy get you, like, equity with the officials? Because Corey Perry seems to get the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Like, we haven't talked about the Jake McCabe uh, rough on him, but... Perry just knows what he's doing. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, Nikita Kucherov kind of knows what he's doing. I, maybe he gets protected just a little he bit. Maybe like maybe he gets the benefit dirty. of the doubt. He's one of the greasiest players in, Nobody in the really puts league. him in that conversation until you see him play. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that this you, guy's not only good at hockey, but 
a little rat. Yeah, and if like you know, we've talked. We we heard Sheldon Keefe says, "Yeah, the Kyle Kyle's got to address this when talking about Michael Bunting with the officials." Like there, if there are discussions happening with team and league about what's going on in the series, mm-hmm. we take a look at a couple of the things that Nikita Kucherov's doing out there and explain why he hasn't been penalized to the extent that other players have. Yeah, he's cross-checking sticks out of hands, like he's and he does it in such a sneaky, like snaky way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five nine your star five ninety on your Rogers cell phone. It's feel good Friday. We want to hear from you because next time we chat, it'll be Monday and things could be completely different. So get on. Well, you can. Uh, Andrew in Toronto, you were at game one. Too bad you didn't get to go to game two. It must have been a little bit of a different vibe. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, game one was uh, was definitely a, a sad night for sure. Um, you know, in game one, I got two things to, to say. In game one, I was absolutely perplexed at the start of Geo and Hall and the subsequent overuse of Geo and Hall, which I heard you guys speak about a little bit about half an hour ago. But uh, the second thing that really concerns me, I remember hearing that Capitals fans, you know, last year said sometimes Samsonov would look like he's just swimming in the net. And in game one, I saw a lot of that. But yesterday, I believe it was the second goal of Tampa, and he just got so far out of position. And uh, for me, in a seven-game series, I mean, as we know, goaltending is so important in the playoffs. And I just worry, you know, that, that Samsonov can't, you know, string together a bunch of steady games and avoid looking like he's at the beach in net. And I love Samsonov. Like, during the regular season, I loved him. But, you know, sometimes we saw him, him look a little you know, shaky in the net. And, and I think that's my biggest concern. Uh, the second, of course, would probably be that, that pairing of Gio and Hall. Yeah, I definitely circle Samsonov as like the main, and thanks for the call, Andrew, uh, as the, the main point of concern, because I don't know if he was able to prove things like others were. I was wondering last night watching the game or before the game was like, so Brian McClellan, you know, watched Ely Samsonov go from Washington to Toronto last year. Mm-hmm. And he, I wonder if he was thinking, wait, 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 wait the team that needs to win a postseason series more than any team in the entire league is bringing in our guy. Well, I think the plan was that Matt Murray would be the guy. And, right? I, and I guess that is a very important point. Um, but you're right. I still think he has a lot to prove. And with Gio and Hall. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a difficult matchup. I think they're asked to do a lot. And one of the trade-offs here, if you are going to, and I talked about it a, a lot today, weaponize Morgan Riley. If you don't want Morgan Riley and Luke Shen to actually deal with a Braden Shen, and that would be a nightmare scenario if Braden Shen's buzzing around out there with Morgan Riley and Luke Shen out there. Like, it's a bit of a mismatch. But that means really difficult minutes are going to be on the table for Mark Giordano and Justin Hall. So far to this point, they haven't handled it all that well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, you know, Justin Hall's issues have been, you know, or, or at least the underlying numbers or the number and the stats the goal differential, okay, the play, the power play has been really, really good for the Lightning, or at least was in game one, and that skews things a little bit. But both of them are showing cracks, and together showing cracks, and together they might be a little bit in over their head. But what's the recourse? What's the solution? I'm not really sure. Because Morgan Riley, with what he was given last night, he took full advantage of, and he helped create the advantage for you. If you want to give him those minutes that you're giving Hall and Giordano, then maybe we're not getting the offense and you're still getting exposed a little bit defensively. So it's, you got to take the good with the bad. All right. We got a couple more seconds here for calls. So keep coming in at four, one, six, eight, seven, zero, zero, five, 90, one, triple eight, triple six, zero, five, 90, or star five, 90 and Roger cell phone. Um, here's a text from John from Barry. I think Vasilevsky got rocked after Matthews knocked his helmet off. That was crazy. And then he took his 
when his bucket came off, he looks like he's like an 80s rock band, that flow, eh? <laughs> like legit? Yeah. He, that hair is from an 80s rock band. Yeah, he's quite the... He's uh, got the flow going. He's quite the character. Um, you you know you're getting a bounce back regardless, right? Well... You know that this this guy is the... Like I talk about, the, the thing you can shows. count on is Ryan O'Reilly just being like really good shift after shift. The thing that the Lightning count on is, yeah, he's going to have a stinker, but Vasilevsky is always there. You don't even think... You don't even consider mm-hmm. Brian Elliott playing. You didn't consider Curtis McElhaney playing. I mean, I kind of consider it for a second. At least in, that, in a loss, but yeah. they don't do that. But you know Vassy's going to be ready for the next one. He always is. He's just like a robot. His bounce back record, I know we should find it, but people know it's like he's lost one back-to-back game ever in the playoffs or something of that wavelength, and it's mm-hmm. pretty insane. At least prior to the Stanley Cup final last year. That's right. So a little spooky, but, you know, trends change. I'll find a way. And this team's changed. And the Leafs have changed. It's time for change. All right. Uh, well, we appreciate taking your calls in. We're up against the clock, so we'll say that's it for today. Uh, feel Good Friday leaves hotline. Good to hear some positivity. Good to hear from our listeners. We'll do this all series long and hopefully more series to come. Um, before we send to break, we'll keep the vibes going because we've been giving away tickets all week long to Blue Rodeo, and today's the last set that we're giving away. Bud Stage on August 26th with special guests Wild Rivers and Rose Cousins. And to enter for the last set... Listen for the daily code word. Text it in at 590-590. And today's code word, Diamond Mine. Text Diamond Mine to 590-590 right now for your chance to enter. If you don't win with us, make sure you secure your tickets by going to Ticketmaster.ca today at 10 a.m. to grab your tickets. That's Bud Stage, Blue Rodeo, August 26th, Diamond Mine. There you go. What was it yesterday? It was Dark Angel it was like, before. Trust yourself or trust something. Trust yourself. I'm not sure if there's a subliminal me- message in Diamond Well, well we did get a tweet. I got to find it quickly. Um, it was Trust Yourself, and we talked about this yesterday, and somebody tweeted at us. Here it is. Marshall tweeted us last night. Just trusting myself to make a play. That was the quote. Marner's comment after the opening goal, matching the code phrase uttered by Ailish and Justin on the Thursday morning show. Pick another good one tomorrow, guys. Okay, so, so for, mi- for mining for diamonds, I mean, I mean, there's only one way to secure a diamond or diamonds in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's win 16 times. And put it in your ring. One is in the bag. There you go. 15 to go. Diamond mine. All right. They're pouring in here. Thanks for all the calls in, folks. Uh, we'll do this next week. We've got another packed hour ahead. Craig Simpson's joining us. Break down last night's game. He was there. He saw it. And Chris Pronger is going to join us at 8.30, and we'll do a baby, baby, wake and rake to wrap things up at the end of the show. So send your picks in at 590-590. You've got Blue Jays and Yankees starting their three-game series. Unfortunately, you know, it's on Apple TV tonight, so we don't have the game, but you can still watch it somehow or send in your picks at 595.90. We can get to all that, so send in your wake and rake, and we'll put together a parlay at the end of the show. But we've got two more guests on the Fan Morning Show.